0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the I Draw Dead People podcast. It's your terminally curious friend, Megan. There's a spider above my head. Help! Hey, everybody. So I've divided this episode up into three parts. First, I'm going to talk about a little bit of anatomy. Then I'm gonna have you sit by me while I do a scientific drawing of the sphenoid bone, which is in the skull. And then lastly, I've got an art tip for you. So I hope you enjoy. Let's talk about some anatomy, shall we? In particular, the ovary and the fallopian tube. If you are a human that possesses those two structures, you may have heard that they are attached to each other, but I'm here to let you know that that is not true. They are in fact separate, and they are separated by a very small piece of peritoneal fluid, which is what fills your abdominal cavity surrounding all of your organs. Now, most of the time, when the egg is released from the ovary, which is called ovulation, it gets swept right into that fallopian tube, no problem. The fallopian tube has these little finger-like wiggly bits on the end called fimbrae, and they do a great job swooping that egg gently into the fallopian tube so that it can travel down the tube to the uterus. But there are cases where the egg is released and it goes out into the abdomen. And most of the time, that's no big deal. So don't worry about that. And it's rare, like I said. Um, Other times, the egg might be fertilized, and then that embryo can make its way out into the abdominal cavity. And again, it's rare, but it has happened. And so if you've heard a story where a woman is pregnant, and but the baby is not in the uterus <laughs> and is somehow attached to an or, different organ in the abdomen, say the liver, for example. This is how that happens. So it's crazy fascinating. So don't worry if someone says that their ovaries and fallopian tubes are not connected because they shouldn't be. So that's my fun anatomy fact. I'm singing. Singing you into the next part. I should stop. Okay, so next up, you're gonna sit with me while I work on a scientific drawing. And in this instance, it's going to be that of the sphenoid bone, which is part of the skull. Enjoy. I have my Dorland's Medical Dictionary, which my mother, my mother's. My mother was a medical transcriptionist. And that's kind of how I got into loving medical terminology, which is pretty cool. Ha, ah, wing. All right. One, either of the paired anterior appendages of birds. Yes, 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 yes. Two, a structure or part resembling the wing of a bird, also called the ala A-L-A. Latin for wing. Well, that's handy. General term for wing-light structure or process. So I'm looking at the sphenoid bone, which is the first one I remembered had wings. So I think I'm going to do the sphenoid. And so I'm looking in this anatomy and biology, human skeleton. This bone is kind of hidden when you're looking at someone in the face. Um, cool thing about the sphenoid though, which you'll see in my drawing is that part of it helps form the orbit or where your eyeballs go, which I always think is cool. Now we got to start the sketch. And so I'm gonna sketch it in pencil. I'm sketching on some nice, thick Strathmore um, cold press watercolor paper because I'm going to use washes and I don't want the paper to crinkle or warp. Okay, so I have my paper. You hear this? That's some thick paper. My pencil is a 3H. It is a barrel turquoise. And that is my favorite pencil. Um, I love them so much. And I use a very hard, hard lead, which means it doesn't leave a lot of graphite behind. And it holds a point really, really well. So, starting to do lay on a sketch of this bone. Very, very loose to start. Just getting in the basic shapes, that's all you need. And as you keep going, what you start to do is you take these very simple shapes and you start to refine them and make them more and more true to the final, what the final drawing will look like. And when you see this in its final form, um, you will see it is quite an odd shape and it really does look like wings. Okay, so the sketching is through. I did do some of that off mic, I'm not going to lie. So this is a little bit like when Julia Child would, you know, put all the ingredients together for a casserole and then voila, out of the oven it comes like magic. I figured it would be a little tedious to sit here um, and during the entire process. So we're fast forwarding a little bit. So now we've got um, some ink wash to do. So I'm approaching this ink wash a lot like I would do watercolor. So the way I approach watercolor is in very, very light, light layers. Uh, if you have a good watercolor paper, it will take it. It will take multiple, multiple layers without any warping. You want to start very light because if you don't, then you get that problem of muddiness. And any of you who've done watercolor know what I'm talking about. So as I'm painting this Sinoi boot, I'm gonna stay very, very light, constantly checking my reference materials to make sure that I'm getting it to look the correct three dimensionality. And I'm not gonna to go too crazy with the water um color at the moment because ink is coming and this is inktober and that's the point so while this is an ink wash i want to make sure that there's enough space for line work so i'll be right back okay so this part you're not going to be able to hear Um, i'm inking now which i have to concentrate on so i'm going to be brief so i can get back to it Um, Inking is my final stage. So you let the watercolor dry completely. And then I'm using a micron pen and I'm using a 005, which as far as I know is the smallest caliber that you can get. So very, very fine. And if I need a thicker line, I will go over the lines more than once to make them thicker. Um, You use line weight to determine what things look more in the foreground versus in the background. Take a look at the drawing when it's done and you see it and see if you can find where I've done that and see if it works for you. So I'll finish this inking and then I'm going to hand letter the title, which is winged, and then it'll be ready for me to scan and post online. And I'm so glad you guys joined me for this. Stay tuned for my art tip. Part three, coming at ya. Just a quick little art tip from me to you is to turn your paper. When you're drawing, no matter if it's pencil, ink, marker, anything, turning your paper is a very useful way to get your strongest lines. You have a movement of your hand and wrist that is the best for your particular style. You know what I'm talking about, it's a strong, confident line, no wiggles, no nothing. And mine happens to be from the lower left to the upper right, I'm right-handed. So if I want a really confident, strong line, I will turn my paper so that the lines I'm making always allow me to use that direction. So next time you're trying to do a drawing and you really wanna practice your strong lines, my advice to you is to turn your paper. And then let me know how it goes. So that's it. Thank you guys so much for coming back for episode two of the, I draw dead people podcast with your host, me, Megan, your super curious friend. I would love it. If you could leave me a review or follow my podcast, that's a really awesome way to show your support of what I'm working on. And please follow me over on all the social media. Uh, On Instagram, I'm Megan Foldenauer Creative. And on Facebook, I have an artist page that is Megan Loves to Draw. So I'd love to see you over there and um, I would love to follow you back. And until next time, when I'll have a quippy pithy ending to my podcast.